Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Bet Online remains your number one source for all your sports betting this season. You'll always find the latest odds, team matchup info, player news, and game trends at Bet Online. With live betting options, free contests, and live scores for almost any sport or game imaginable, Bet Online is truly the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite leagues and events. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Make sure to use the promo code BLEAV to receive your rewards. BetOnline.ag, where the game starts. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to my podcast. I'm your host, Polina Edmonds. And today on the pod, I'm so excited to bring on special guests, U.S. bronze medalists this year, Anthony Ponomarenko and Christina Carrera. Guys, I'm so excited to have you on the podcast. I'm so happy to be here. Good to be here. Heck yeah. Well, uh, it's been quite a journey watching you two skate um especially since I've known Anthony since we were literal babies um (laughs) so you know always rooting for you guys but to get the ball rolling in terms of your origin stories guys uh can you both please share when and how you got into skating I know both of you have um fun stories to tell in terms of your parental influence on your skating career so let's go Christina first Anthony second um my mom was a skating coach when I was little so she would always take me at the rink and I was always like really happy to be there so she put me in skating lessons when I was three and I loved it and then (laughs) I did freestyle from there and I started doing dance at like seven I think and um and then I moved to Michigan when I was 13 to train with Igor um with my previous partner and then when I was 14, I teamed up with Anthony. Love it. Yeah. Um, well, originally, my parents actually did not want me to skate. They they did everything they could to try to avoid me coming into the rink. Um, and it was actually Polina's mom who uh, convinced them to bring them in, just do some some light sessions. And I was like a wind-up toy. Like, right as soon as I was put on the ice, I just started skating around and I loved it from the first step. So I, um, I can thank Polina, Polina's mom for that. And let's go after that. I was coached. Um, I was coached by my parents until age 12. I skated with, um, a girl named Sarah Fang in ice dance. Um, and after splitting up with Sarah, my parents had me relocate by myself to Michigan, um, at the age of 13. And then, uh, shortly after that, Christina and I teamed up. I remember all of it well, Anthony. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's great. Well, for everyone listening, um, since Anthony didn't want to say it, his parents are Olympic ice dance champions from Russia. They have a gold, a silver, and a bronze from three separate Olympics, which is so impressive. Um, so yeah, just the amount of <laughs> skating influence for both of you just to have such um, like a professional eye in your parents to help guide your career to get you started is I don't know so lucky um it's so cool so it's a very unique feature about you too Christina was your mom like a singles coach or did she also specialize in ice dance yeah she did singles 
Okay. Um, she wasn't really my coach though. She always put me with someone else. Yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't listen to her the best. And like, she was really tough on me and it was just better for us to, for me to have like another coach. <laughs> That's so awesome. Wow. Well, you guys both chose to go into the round of ice dance rather than singles. What was your favorite part about ice dance, like at the young age that made you want to pursue that as the event of skating? Well, for me, I was like six or seven when I started. My mom took me to a competition and the girls had like really pretty dresses and they were long. And I just like, I I wanted to see the, I wanted to have those dresses too. Um, and then I was also always better at like skating skills, like jumping was just not my thing. Um, so they put me in ice dance pretty early and I really liked it. Uh, for me, the draw factor was, um, definitely the storytelling. I mean, like every year we get to choose a free dance and tell the story and develop it in our own, in our own way. So that's, that's definitely a draw factor in that. Um, also just, um, it's a very special discipline. I feel like it's very different from the others. So it's, it's, it's a unique part of uh, figure skating. Totally. That's awesome. Very artistic, both of you. At what point did you want to pursue other coaching? I know, Christina, you said that your mom um, wasn't your coach from the start. So you kind of had other influences the whole time. But Anthony, your parents were your coaches for the beginning of your ice dance career with your previous partner um, before you moved to Michigan. So like, what was the turning point for you? Do you feel like um, that your team thought it was good for you to go get some yeah. new hands on deck. <laughs> I think, uh, well, um, I was already kind of coming in and out of uh, Eager Spielbund's camp um, in, in even in my novice years. Um, and after splitting up with my partner, um, me being the age of like 12, 13, also being not really listening to my parents at that age and being nonchalant, they decided to put me in an environment that had very high class professional ice dance teams to just see how they train to learn from the best. And um, it was a great opportunity. Everything kind of came together after the partnership breakup and, um, and then, yeah, they just set me off. (laughs) (laughs) They were like, bye. 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 (laughs) You've already done too much havoc to the rink in San Jose. We're sending you to Michigan. Oh yeah. So they sent me off across the country and yeah, haven't looked back since. I love it. Well, you guys teamed up together in 2014. Um, and it has been almost 10 years now together. Yeah. Yeah. That is wild. How does it feel? How does that feel for you two to have known each other and been skating together for that long? It doesn't feel like that much time has passed. Like it went by really quick. Um, but like, I can't imagine skating with anyone else. Like it just, it just feels right. It's easy. Like everything just clicks and you don't even have to think about it. You'd know where the other person is and everything just works really well together. So yeah, I couldn't imagine doing it with someone else. I think, uh, both having left homes at a very young age, I mean, like we, we kind of relied on each other to get through some hard training days and we have this this kind of rich history behind uh behind us in the past 10 years have been up and down and left and right so it's uh it's special to have that i think we have uh 
we have a lot of history and it's it's special i can't imagine doing this as anyone else yeah you guys have a lot to pull from since you've known each other and really grown up together um since you met at such a young age and and you've like developed both as individual people as well as um sportsmen and like competitors together so it's it's really cool to see that gel and you bring that out in each other in your skating well, it's no secret in Nice Dance that you have a very long career, um, usually both in juniors for a long time. Um, you guys have medals um, at several junior worlds championships before moving on to seniors. And then seniors is also just you're in it for the long haul. Um, <laughs> so how how do you guys feel about the long careers of Ice Dance um, and just like working up to getting you know that top placement team that everybody aspires for well I think it's really cool that in Ice Dance you get to have a long career and it's just like an added challenge that you have to consistently deliver good programs stay healthy stay in shape for that long it's it's hard like it's not an easy thing to do I think the people that are at the top right now make it look easy but really it's like it's a lot of work they just they don't just show up and like everything works. They have to, they have to put in the effort. Um, so yeah, I, we're excited for a long career. We, we don't know how long it's going to be, but we take it one year at a time. Yeah. Like Christina said, I mean, it's, it's such a long career to be an ice dancer. And I think we, it was great. The, the amount of time that we spent in junior four years just kind of in and out. Um, and now only being in our sixth um, senior season, I think we're still very new to the the senior level. I think we're competing against people that are in their 12th, 14th and 16th season in senior. So uh, it's just, uh, yeah, continuing to grow and continuing to to work on ourselves and uh, longevity is key and like uh, making sure that we're not injured. We're continually uh skating clean and to the best of our ability. And then hopefully that results in a pretty good career. You both trained in Novi, Michigan under Igor Spielben for um, the basically most of your 10 years together um, before making the switch two seasons ago to train with Scott Moyer in London, Ontario in Canada. So can you guys tell us about the switch and um, a little bit about the training environment differences that you've noticed. Tell us about what it's like to train in Canada now outside of the U.S. Yeah, um, there are many reasons as to why we um, decided it was best for us to leave. We wanted um, like a new approach to our skating. We wanted to grow our maturity and we just we felt like we needed new people around us that would bring a different energy. Um but since moving, we've honestly, I don't think we've ever looked back and like thought, oh, maybe we should have stayed. Like we're really, really happy with where we are now. Um, it's such a healthy training environment and it's so, it's just so positive all the time. And it really inspires us to bring like the best version of ourselves to the rink every day. And it makes the hard training days much easier because we're enjoying what we're doing we're doing it for us and it feels very authentic and like where we're supposed to be mm -hmm. 
And uh, like you said, Polina, like because most of our career with Igor, the, the transition was uh, pretty hard on us. Um, and only t now two years with Scott, like we, I'm, I'm looking back, I'm like, this was the best decision we've ever made. Um, the energy that him, Madison, Hubble, and Adrian Diaz bring um, is amazing. It's just um, unbelievable the amount of passion that they have for the sport and um, what they create together is just, it's beautiful. And also being part of I Am and having, um, having the coaches in Montreal helping us out and and we had uh, the great opportunity to choreograph with Mary France uh, for our summertime program. So it's having that all together. I think this was the best decision we've ever made. Yeah, yeah. Tell us a little bit about the the choreography processes of last year, because your your programs were fantastic, and you guys went to Four Continents and Worlds, and we'll talk a little bit about that in a second. But um, yeah, I have to imagine like having being able to have those choreographers work on your programs what did that feel like to kind of have that newness in terms of choreography but also have the names of the people that you were working with kind of inspire you as you were creating I mean they're the best choreographers in the world like they <laughs> produce good programs after good programs um so it was like it was really a dream to work with them and they bring such a creative energy every day from Mary France, Maddie, uh, Sam, they just have like, they have such a vision and like a genius about skating. And it's just, it's a dream to work with. Mm -hmm. Last year, we um, I was coming from an injury. So we kind of had a shortened off season. Um, so it was all about everyone coming together and strategizing what the best first of all music was but also how to how to connect everything together and we're really happy to have had the the team that we had um because that made our our comeback very or my comeback very good absolutely well so this last season was a breath of fresh air for you too really after um a couple of challenging seasons with just 2020 you guys didn't get to compete at nationals because of COVID, which nobody wants to miss nationals. And then, you know, last season, you guys finished seventh, not the placement you guys were looking for, but also, you know, Anthony, you had surgery right after like in the spring, you did have a really good four continents though. You guys nabbed the bronze medal. So you finished your season strong, but overall, just you guys came back brilliantly this past season. We're able to go to your first worlds. Um, so let's kind of talk about the impact of it all. So like first off what was it like to not get to compete at nationals because of the positive COVID test what was it like a week or two before or was it somebody in your rank got COVID and then since you were exposed yeah we were in contact with someone who had COVID but we never actually got COVID but like three days before leaving too yeah. it was just it was unfortunate like I wish I was sitting in the car with my mom and I was like I wish my test came back positive because at least like at least I'd be missing nationals because I'm sick. Yeah. But like I was perfectly healthy and we just had to sit at home. It was like, it was the worst, one of the worst weeks of my life. Like I was just crying all the time. It was <laughs> not a fun time. <laughs> it was, uh, it was pretty devastating just because we, what I felt was I was in the best shape that we could be. Um, we didn't have the best Gate America appearance that year and just we we wanted to kind of redeem ourselves with two great performances at national. So having that 
kind of taken away from us like very last minute like i uh, it was it was devastating i remember like the feeling and that was really the uh the beginning to the end of um our time with uh, igor um that's where we kind of made the decision to move on from him and um so like looking back now like it was a devastating time but in the end like hard times make uh, make better people so i'm 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 fortunate to now be in the situation i'm in now but that was definitely a very hard time and uh, I, I wouldn't i also wouldn't have my dog george if it wasn't for that call <laughs> uh, that said that we couldn't go and he said nothing like he was just he had no expression on his face. he just stood up and was like i'm buying a dog and then left my house <laughs> so i i remember i remember um not going on social media that week and kind of just being in a rut and right after that nationals happened i went and drove to ohio to get uh, george my dog oh my god that's yeah. hilarious I mean, way to make the most out of a situation, Anthony. <laughs> yeah. Well, in terms of support system, so Christina, when you lived in Michigan, like your mom was with you, right? Mm-hmm. No, I moved no. by myself too. Oh, so you guys were both on your own in Michigan. Yeah, that's, I think that's why we bonded. We were both like alone. Oh my God. <laughs> okay, well, tell, tell both of you, give us a little bit about what that was like to to move to Michigan without your parents um, at a young age and have to dedicate your lives to sport um, without having your parents close to you to be able to like see in person every day and all of that stuff. Like, how do you feel like that has impacted your life basically? Cause it, it can be hard. <laughs> yeah, it was really hard. Um, when I moved, I didn't really speak English. Like I knew what you know, what you learn in school, but it's not like, it's not enough to live in the States. <laughs> um, so it was really hard, like communicating with people. And I missed my parents so much, but like, I'm really grateful I had this experience because now I'm super independent. Um, I can easily live by myself and it's, it's taught me a lot, but back then it was kind of hard. Mm-hmm. For me, when I first moved, I lived with the host family for two years. Um, so it was it was it was definitely different, but it wasn't like a big shock where I was just kind of by myself. But once once I moved away um, around the age of 15, 16, it got very difficult very quickly just because I, I missed that family dynamic and um, having my parents around. Uh, I, I wanted them around and I didn't, I kind of uh, took that for granted growing up. Uh, so when it hit 15, 16, I was like, Oh, I miss, I miss my parents and my brother. Unfortunately um, now they've, they were so far away as well. Cause it was the time difference with the Pacific coast. So it was, um, it was hard to contact them. If I had to call them in the morning, I had to wait. So it was, it was very difficult. Uh, but I learned a lot of valuable lessons and, uh, yeah, like uh, I'm. I feel like I learned independence earlier than a normal uh, normal person who moves out at the age of seventeen or eighteen for college. I, I I learned that earlier, so now I feel like that's helping me out in life now. Totally. All right. Well, last season you guys had your strong finish at Four Continents with the bronze medal. Congratulations! Um, and then you guys took time to recover and kind of strategize for this past season. So. Anthony, where was your mental space at going through surgery last spring? Because that was a part of your 
recovery. Tell us about your injury for a second. So, um, yeah, it was um, it was my ankle. I injured it very early in our career. I think it was like in 2015. Okay. Uh, I had a very bad sprain um, and I really neglected it. I was like, we're finally getting international competitions where um, we're doing so well. I don't want to take time off now, put on a cast and and take all this, take all this valuable time away. So I, I kind of just fought through the pain, skated through it. And it was, some days were really bad, I remember. But um, and slowly but surely, as the seasons progressed, the, the ankle just got worse and worse and um, opinion after opinion telling me to get surgery. I, it was really about now finding the perfect time to do it. And right after the Olympic quad, we found that, that that was probably the best opportunity. It's never really a good time, but that was the best opportunity for me to kind of take a couple steps back and, um, fix, fix the ankle. That's been, that's been hurting me for a while. And <clears throat> that was a great decision because now looking back, I'm doing things that I wouldn't be able to if I didn't get the surgery. Um, so yeah, and the mental space that I was in, uh, we just had a pretty rocky season. So um, it was it was an interesting three months of recovery where I I really was unsure where the partnership was going if I even wanted to continue skating. So it was it was it was a very difficult three months for me and kind of it took a lot of evaluation of my life and where I wanted to go. And I feel like it's very, it was very beneficial to take that step back and look because um, I established clear goals for myself and for my life. And I wouldn't be in that position if I didn't take those couple months off. Gotcha. What about you, Christina, that kind of spring um, time where you were also just resting from the the season and it, it can be really hard to go through a nationals where you don't have the results that you were looking for and and especially after performing so well for so many years so like what what was your mental space at um and how how did you guys approach the following season after once you started okay we're gonna do another season we're gonna see how this goes um and and what was the strategy for that um, well, that like transition season from changing coaches was uh, like really difficult. It was the approach to uh, to training was so different from what we're used to. I think before we did it to like please other people or to like out of fear. Um, and then once we moved, we we didn't have that aspect anymore. Like you kind of have to do it for yourself because you like doing it and because you want to get better yourself. Um, and learning that transition was really hard. And I think you saw that struggle um, in those competitions. And then getting to nationals, it was, that was a really hard nationals. And it just like, it kind of wrapped up a difficult season. So we went into the off season. The off season was hard for me as well, because the, like there were a few shaky moments and I was training by myself, which is, long and sometimes it's boring <laughs> but uh once we we like made clear goals for the following season and got together we we kind of approached training with a completely different mindset we kind of dove into what the coaches were saying of trusting their process trusting their training and just really giving everything we have and it's really paid off very I'm happy we had that rocky season because it's 
it taught us so much and now our mindset to training and to competition it's so different than before what were the goals that you guys set out if I uh, if I may ask just wondering based off of the fact that both of you said like you had like a really clear vision um, and it sounds like you've accomplished something mm-hmm. that you've been looking for if not all of whatever those goals were so can you share that with us well we had some like results goals mm-hmm. but we mostly focused on like um trusting the process so really just trusting what we were given that day and that that was enough um or like more than we wanted to do that if we're tired like that that's okay it's normal just trusting what our coaches wanted that was one of our main goals which we did approaching competition differently like having doing it really just for ourselves and whatever the outcome is with the judges with the points like that's out of our control so as long as when we step off the ice we're happy with what we did then that's enough um which we accomplished too Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) as far as results when um we wanted to make the world team that was the only like result thing that we had and we always told ourselves, like, if we don't make it, and but we skated our best, then that's that's okay. Like, we tried our best. It just didn't work out. And we'll try harder the next season. Mm-hmm. We're, those were our goals. And you guys did it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Heck yeah. Congrats. High five. Well, what did it mean to you guys then to regain, you know, your top status, your success that season? Third place finish. You went to Four Continents and you went to Worlds. Your first Worlds um standing on the podium at nationals though like third place you're on the teams tell us a little bit about that headspace um especially after the journey that you guys had been going through um and all of the work that you've put into that point I think um we all the momentum that we created with this season um I didn't really even evaluate or take a step back and look at what we were doing it was just happening and we would I I I would just kind of show up to skating and just put in the work and um, try my very best every day. And I, that all that reality didn't set in until actually when we finished the free um, and I was backstage and I just broke down into tears, just kind of looking back. And I think even Mary France turned to me, she's like less than a year ago, you weren't even able to walk and having that realization set in like all the hard work kind of paying off. Like it's, it was a euphoric feeling because the tears weren't uh, tears of joy or anything. It was just tears of finally fulfilling something that you set your mind to. That was our world. <laughs> but um, like at nationals, we didn't have our best skates. That was probably the only competition I'd say where we weren't happy with either one of the programs. Um, and we got third, but Caitlin and Jean-Luc weren't at that nationals. So we made the four continents team. We knew that for sure, but we were named first alternate for world. Mm-hmm. And I think that like brought back for, um, for me, at least a lot of the, a lot of what I was feeling in the season before where like you went to competition, you tried your best and then it like, it didn't work out. So at four continents, we had a week where we were just training in Colorado with the other um, US teams. And for me, like I felt a little bit of imposter syndrome, I felt like I'm not that I wasn't supposed to be there because I wasn't on the world team. 
and we've both talked about this like we were pretty bummed after nationals we were I think it was like it was a hard time and we were we we're just sad that we weren't able to deliver what we wanted because we had worked so hard and I think we put too much pressure on ourselves um, but then we redeemed ourselves with four continents we skated really well both programs and after that I'd say that the confidence came back and we were able to prepare well for worlds I yeah I I think that component of not knowing because of the alternate situation is something that's like it's tough in and of itself because you just don't know but you also have to train without knowing like there you you like kind of like maybe have an idea but at the same time like you really just don't know and you guys were notified like how soon before worlds what like pretty early we had yeah plenty of time I think it was the week after four continents but yeah like we have the same coaches so they all talk so it would have been okay either way like even if we were notified later um but we were notified early so that's good yeah well tell us about your guys's first world's experience world's is a competition like no other I think world's the grand prix final and the olympics are just like the three best competitions olympics is basically like world's but just like add in all the other you know events but world's is like I don't know. It's the it's the best competition of the year and you guys got to go. So tell us what it was like to compete at your first worlds and and like what did you take from the experience? I think uh it was it was in Saitama which um was pretty special. I mean, the the arena was was huge. The amount of people that showed up, it was um it it was funny like showing up to practice, we kind of had needed a day or two to get our feet under us just because of all of the excitement, <laughs> all of the all of the um, emotions that um, were happening, it, it took it took us a couple of days to get comfortable. So um, it was an unbelievable experience all around. I think seeing all of our all of our friends in one place, all of our uh, all of the people that we grew up skating with, and being in a country like Japan, it was it was very special, very very special. And that that arena, um, still thinking about it gives me goops goosebumps it's just it's it's it was huge (laughs) (laughs) yeah thought us so much about like we have never competed in front of such a big crowd I think there was like 17,000 people in there or something like that and even the practices they were full so it was it was like a big shock to the system when we first got there our practices they felt like a mess apparently they didn't look like it but to us they felt pretty rocky um but then it kind of all came together for competition day and I think it was the best we could have uh, the best we did our program that year I thought it was great yeah like going back like like one of our big goals was trusting the coaches and trusting the process and even when with all the excitement from worlds we were still able to follow what they were trying to tell us all the strategies that they implemented so to give us the best opportunity at worlds and um so i that was a goal that we set throughout the entire season i feel like we did a very good job at worlds and continuing that absolutely well what are your goals for the next four years or the next quad our main goal is to make the olympic team um so we're using every competition and every training session as like a step towards that goal um so like other little goals are 
well, little. We want to make the world team every year. It's just not a little goal. Um, but yeah, world team every year. Um, improving our world standing. Um, and continuing to skate to the best of our ability. Love to hear it. I'm excited to keep watching you guys' um, skates because I I personally loved your free dance so much last season. I thought it was so like romantic and just I, like all the lines were so pleasant to watch. You know, like there wasn't a moment that was just kind of like, ooh, you know, it was it was just, yeah, I liked it a lot. Uh, the, this year's free dance is very exciting as well. I'm just so excited, guys. Oh. Well, what style do you think is your strongest? That's my first question. And the second would be like, based off of like rhythm dance, like there's a new theme every year. What theme do you guys get most excited for? Like what theme gets you guys going like, oh, we're going to nail this one. Um, I think we're good at like swing when the, when the rhythm dance was, it was swing, right? Yeah. Like quick step yeah. swing. Yeah. Um, I think that style works well for us. And I think the one in our free dance last year works well for us too. But like, we're exploring different styles. We wanna we wanna explore all our options. Um, but this year's rhythm dance is really I think is gonna be really good. It's 80s, so it's a lot of it's a lot of fun, a lot of 80s music. <laughs> um yeah, I'm excited for this year. Like, well, my my personal favorite theme has been tango. Um, would definitely love to do that again um, as the seasons continue because we had a lot of fun exploring exploring that and and also just learning about the culture of tango as well. In terms of both of your parents, you know, supporting your skating, um, how much of a role do they play in? giving you guys advice or pointers like do you want them anywhere near that type of technical advice anymore or are you like more like you know guys happy to have you watch and support but please maybe don't tell me if you think that we should go a certain direction like how much do you allow that leeway like how involved are they I mean they don't come to the rink like there's mm -hmm. no there's no parents in the rink um they they support us in like a loving way and they're like they're like we'll love you no matter what you know like at competition they're there for support um but like when we pick out music and stuff it's really with our team of coaches and between us like mm -hmm. I we still send like music and stuff just because it's good to hear what someone else would think but it's really like trusting our coaches and making a product that we believe in my parents are very supportive and I'm very open to um, to hearing their advice. I mean, they've gone through this entire sport uh, back and forth. Uh, so it's, um, it's special to have that, uh, have parents like that. And I'm open to advice and they were very excited about 80s music. So I, I think I got like maybe 10 to 20 YouTube links a day on 80s music and so they they still a big part of our skating but more as a supporting role um they're very supportive of what i do and uh, they they continue just to be happy with me and yeah to support me no matter where i go and who i am in terms of um your social life right now in canada so you guys are living in canada um you guys are both going to school what is it like 
studying um, and training at the same time, you know, balancing skating and school, how have you kind of worked your schedules to be able to um, help you guys both do that? And yeah, like who, who in terms of like socially, do you get to see, is it like just mostly people at the rink or do you get to like have other outlets to kind of like get your personal life out there? What, what is it like for you guys? Uh, Well, for me, school is online. Mm -hmm. Um, And I kind of like, I was really busy at the time where you had to sign up for classes. So I didn't last semester, which turned out for the best. I wouldn't have had time to do any school. But so socially, it's mostly, it's just skaters pretty much. But um, yeah, like um, I didn't, I didn't take any classes this spring semester because I was actually even evaluating that aspect of my life. I recently changed to psychology where I was pursuing finance and economics before. So um, I was really trying to think about what I wanted to do with my life. Um, And in terms of your next question, which is socially, I I do have a small friend group in, um, in London, uh, some skaters, some not so, but it's, it's very small. So, most of my socializing does happen um, at the rink and having a great training environment is key. So uh, we always try to keep things light and have everyone kind of get along. So uh, we're happy to have that as well. Christina, what are you studying again in school? Uh, Well, I was taking general classes and now I need to pick a major. I either eventually want to go to law school but that you have to do full time. Mm-hmm. Um, so that would be after skating. Or I'm also interested in psychology, but I haven't made a decision yet. Uh, but for now, like all the classes have to be online because I'm not I'm not physically there. Um, and then to finish your question, <laughs> uh, socially, I have a little friend group in London of skaters and then another one in Montreal also of skaters. Um, the community and the like skating family at I am is really really great and special and it's it's really fun to have to train every day with these people and then hang out off the ice with them and like build a friendship it's really fun what is it like for you um you to be in Canada now since you're originally from Canada and you guys were training in the U.S. but now you're back in your home um, to train I'm are not, you not a Canadian citizen? I oh, am. No. no, I am a Canadian citizen. Okay. That's the problem. <laughs> okay. Yes. Uh, which also segues into my other question of um, like what, like, obviously you guys have a goal of going to the Olympics. So um, what process are you guys taking right now? Since I think you, you do have to have U.S. citizenship to represent the U.S. Yes. At the Olympics. Uh, so yeah. <laughs> I have a card and I I still live in the States. Like right now I'm in Michigan. Um, and I commute to the rink every day because I have to keep I have oh. to keep residency in the US. So spend most of my time in the US <laughs> still. This makes sense. Okay. Yes. Um it's, it's a lot of driving. Which um <laughs> is wild the sacrifice that Christina makes because uh, I'm living in Michigan this week and the commute back and forth um is insane. I don't understand how Christina does this day in, day out for now a year and a half, right, Christina, or more? Yeah, than two, that? two years. Two, two years. years. It is what a <laughs> sacrifice she makes uh, to compete for the United States. Like that should not go unnoticed uh, because it is a crazy drive. 
two and a half hours each way. No, 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 no. I've been doing it for two and a half years. It's one hour oh. there, one hour back. Oh, Anthony, today <laughs> I have Nexus and I have like the fast pass to like cross the bridge. Um, so it took me all of three minutes to cross the border. It took Anthony two hours today. <laughs> uh, um, yeah. I left London, I think. Uh, when I was already at the border. Yeah, I left London. He was already at the border and I crossed like maybe 20 minutes before him. <laughs> Oh my goodness, that's crazy. I felt so bad. I like <laughs> zoomed past him and he had been waiting there for an hour and 45. Oh my God. But yeah, border agents are really nice to me. On, <laughs> we're on first name basis. <laughs> They're like, there goes Christina. She's going to the rank. Yeah. Here she goes. But okay, it's that's crazy. Cool. It's crazy. Yeah, that's commitment. If I've ever heard it, for sure. <laughs> so you have a green card. And you um, are just like applying for citizenship and you have to stay in the States, but you got to train in Canada now. Yeah. It's like, okay. But an hour, it's doable. It's not bad. It's not, it's not terrible. It could no. be worse. Yeah. We're hyping you up right now, Christina. It could be worse. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's great. Um, well, who are you guys outside of skating? So what do you like to do in your free time? Um, when you're not skating and where do you see yourself in the future once competitive skating is done <laughs> and you have the freedom to kind of pursue other passions what do you like to do um, well for now I after skating I either work out go to Pilates <laughs> or go home um, and when I'm home, I have zero energy left. Normally, I would have school, but this semester I don't. Um, so yeah, I'm. I lay on the couch. I take lots of naps. I wish I had a more interesting answer for you. <laughs> I mean, it's super fair. You have an exhausting day of training, so. <laughs> yeah so when I come home from training I'm very tired and I rest but after skating <laughs> I'd like to get out of the skating world um I might I think I might coach for a little while see where that takes me but I would really like to go back to school mm -hmm. and to get like a real job <laughs> like a regular person job is what I mean <laughs> yes yes well it's so it's so tough um like growing up in skating because coaching and I've been experiencing this more now because I've been doing a lot of guest coaching and whatnot and it is such a grind and I it respect coaches so much for it but it's just it's really tough to view it as like like you said like a regular job just because you 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 literally live in the ice rink right now as an athlete and then to transition into coaching like you still live in the ice rink and it's it's hard so it, it's easier to I feel like take a break and then come back into coaching and then you're like okay but yeah, like my coaches I used to like not want anything to do with skating after after I was done skating I used to just want to go off to school and like never look back mm -hmm. um but this coaching team like makes me rethink my decisions <laughs> they make like coaching so fun and like their day just looks fun so like it's a lot of work obviously they work non-stop but it looks like they enjoy it so much that it makes me want to do it too so my mindset is kind of changing on that subject but I still want to go back to school yeah 
Makes sense. Makes sense. What about you, Anthony? Well, like Christina said, uh, full-time athlete. So there's only of some, only some amount of time for passion. So I, I do have like my photography, my music and kind of just new movies and TV shows, but mostly uh, that's about it. Like I, in my life, I do want to pursue a psychology degree and use that with for skating. Um, I want to pursue research and experiment to uh, further develop figure skating and also not just figure skating, but also have that expand into more sports and um, all that. And so I think definitely I'll, I will do the coaching path, but eventually my goal is to be able to um, use my time more for research and for the development of sport rather than just figure skating coach. Um, so, and then also like kind of come back and have a family and have a life outside of skating and outside of my profession and just come into skating and potentially make a few programs, work with some in very uh, fun individuals um, in the spring, make a few projects, then kind of leave and uh, pursue, pursue my profession, pursue my family. Um, I, at the end of the day, I don't want to get trapped in skating for my entire life. Like, but again, I've learned so much from the sport that I can't just step away from it. And I, I want to kind of squeeze my abilities like a lemon and then leave and um, <laughs> pursue family, pr pursue my profession of psychology. Yeah, I love that. It's, um, it's really cool because I feel like we're in a time period right now within like specifically U.S. figure skating, but also just the world of skating where we're transitioning into this like new ideas phase of how to keep promoting the sport keep getting yeah. interest from a wide level so like I feel like there's just so many routes creatively of opportunities that you can make for yourself um to be able to like reach out and impact people yeah. so um obviously everything you said is like the dream where you're just like <laughs> okay I want to like bop yeah. in bop out um and we'll see how that goes for you one day <laughs> but <laughs> It says like every coach ever. Um, but no, it's 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 really cool. I think that's awesome that like both of you are interested in having some type of involvement with skating. Um, and I feel like as you like at, in the future at the time when you guys like finally give yourself enough of a break from skating, um, then like you feel more inclined to like go back and like, you know, pursue different skating projects, which is really cool. My last question for you guys is what is one piece of advice for young ice dancers everywhere um, that you would like to share? We'll go Christina first, then Anthony. <laughs> <laughs> um, I would say like, especially for the girls to like keep believing in themselves and to keep, just keep working hard and it's all going to come together. I think like especially in ice dance, there's not a lot of boys. So the girls can feel replaceable or like, it's, just, it's a hard environment to be in until you find a partner. And I'm lucky I have a partner <laughs> who is very nice to me and who comes into the rink with a smile on his face every day. Um, but not everyone has that. So like, I think to just have that self-confidence within you and to keep, keep believing in your craft and in what you're doing every day and to just work hard. I like it. Not replaceable. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> um, 
it's a really long career. So just to keep working, take every day um, and try to find the little, uh, little victories in every day. Um, and that's how you kind of build a, a career and um, find the best that you can in every single day, uh, continue training and continue working hard, making sure that you're not getting injured and, and continuing to work hard. I like it. That's some sound advice for both. It's really important to stay injury free and healthy. So Anthony, good words, good words. Well, guys, I um, am wishing you the absolute best of luck in the next season and the next few. Um, I have loved watching your career blossom the way it has. And I'm I'm really excited uh, for all the possibilities with your partnership, because I think you guys are just like a rocket ship that's got to keep Got to keep going. It's only up from here. (laughs) All right, guys. Well, thank you so much for coming on and sharing about your career um, and and sharing about all of the hardships as well as the successes that you guys have had. So yeah, thanks for coming on. Thank you so much. Thank you, Paulina. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.